So today I kind of want to do a Bible study. Surprise, surprise. And maybe, maybe it'll be in Luke 11. Because I felt like Luke 11 kind of carries through this theme. Really, Jesus' life carries through this theme of dismantling the image of a bipolar God. But it also um, kind, of, kind of clashes against what I kind of deemed as the charismatic divide or, you know, this, this, this mindset concerning the gifting of the spirits or the connection of God. And I love the, you know, the songs they chose today. It did seem, and, and even what Steve opened up with, had a lot to do with connection. You know, and, and when you're closing through or you're ripping through the book of Luke and you're coming through Luke 10, there's, this, there's the story of Jesus coming and visiting the lady named Martha's house, right? And having you know, dinner or whatever is going on with them. And, and Martha's kind of, kind of chapped about her sister Mary, who's not really helping her with all the, the, the housely the, the duties, you know, you know, kind of putting on the show here. And um, Jesus kind of answers Martha, which Martha comes and tries to actually control God, Jesus. Like, hey, you need to be telling her what she's supposed to be doing to help me out, you know. Imagine that. And um, which maybe we'll get to that today. But Jesus says something to the extent of Martha, Martha. When you get your name called twice, that's something to pay attention to. Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which won't be taken away from her. And, and when we look at this picture, Mary, what she had chosen was to actually sit at the feet of the Lord and actually connect to Him. She wanted to hear His voice. She wanted to hear His words. She wanted the relational connection. And I think that's where we'll start because that's what I really want to go into. And, um, you know, our word for connection in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, is actually prayer. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's been made so many different things, a Santa Claus list or whatever you want to call it, but prayer is literally about the connection that was prophesied thousands of years ago before this stuff even happened several hundred years ago. You know, you have all the, all the different chapters and, and verses from the Old Testament prophets that prophesied this new covenant would be a covenant of connection. Isaiah 59, my words will be in your mouth and the mouth of your descendants from this time forever. Jeremiah 31, like nobody will have to tell his neighbor to know the Lord because everybody's actually going to know me. You know what I mean? All these, all these, this mosaic of these random prophetic utterances and writings from now thousands of years back were, were literally pointing to the fact that Jesus, God in the flesh, the Messiah, was going to come and he was going to restore connection. And so when you look at you know, Luke chapter 11, it's something almost all Christians have read and many have probably memorized. Um, we used to say the Lord's Prayer before our, before our games when I was in school even though most of us didn't really follow God or, you know what I mean? It was just kind of like the good luck ritual you'd do in the locker room before you ran out. And, um, but it says in, in Luke 11, it came to pass that as Jesus was praying in a certain place, but, but he had ceased, he had come back, that one of the disciples actually comes to him and says, hey, would you, would you teach us to pray? The way the Baptist used to teach his disciples to pray, John the Baptist. And um, it's, it's basically saying, could you give us a model of prayer to teach us how to interact and how to pray? And so Jesus comes out with this, well, we call it a prayer, but it's really not a prayer. It's like a model of prayer, right? 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, which is the reference of Exodus 16, the manna that used to fall every single day, which was also like Jesus quoted to Satan, you know. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This was all this, was all this prophetic symbolism that's both literal and symbolic of the words that proceed from God. God, let us have this communion connection with you. And forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. So let us walk in the forgiveness that's freely given and own it in such a way that it is part of our nature. We hold nothing against others. Lead us out of temptation. Deliver us from evil. You know, yours is the kingdom of power and glory. Uh, Jesus gives them this prayer or this model of prayer. And I don't want to spend a long time of it, of it today, which we really could, and I think I've probably done it, you know, several times in the past 10 or 12 years. But he starts off like Father who's in heaven. And he's teaching these disciples, you're talking to somebody in another dimension or location, but you have access to this place. And not only that, when you're talking to God, you're talking to your Creator, but you're talking to Abba. You're talking to Dad. In other words, prayer is very relational. But a son and a father or a child and a father, like we're talking about inheritance here. We're talking about inheritance. We're talking about being accepted. Not even like Master who art in heaven. You know what I mean? Far, far away from me. There's no, no Father in heaven. So you think about Jesus... We only have a few instances of praying. Like right here, it would say he would rise early and go off to pray, but nobody ever really went with him. But the only times people went with him, what happened? You know, we see like, golly, Peter, James, and John go up on the mountain and, and they see <laughs> Moses and Elijah show up and they hear the Ancient of Days voice come, this is, listen to him about Jesus. You know what I mean? They see these guys that are like their heroes the time they get invited. You know, the end of the book, right? He's in Gethsemane, sweating blood. But what comes there? The angels show up and start st imparting strength to him. Now, what is that, if that's a hands-on, beaming him, you know, uploading strength, or if it was the members of the cloud of witnesses, the angelic, you know, coming and actually encouraging him, it's just like, hey, you're, you're close to defeating the entire horde. You're close. You're close, my king. You know what I mean? I know your vessel, his physical body, is redlining. You're pushing it to its exact, its full extreme. When I say redline, okay. It's like when you drive too, you know, that, that the engine's about to explode. It's like he was taking a pawn. Everything was starting to hit. He was starting to bring it on himself. And uh, his body was sweating out blood. You know what I mean? He was, he, was, he was driving the thing to the point of explosion. And it's just like, yeah, you know. So, but, but, but these are the things that, you know, one time he goes up and next thing they see him, he's walking across water. We talked about that recently, right? So it's like when, they, when we think of prayer, we're not thinking of just sitting in a corner. You know what I mean? I really just want the new, the new model of the, you know, whatever. You know, we're not thinking in these terms. It's just like when they're thinking of, hey, would you teach us to do what you're doing? Because there's something you're entering into that is profoundly mystical, supernatural, fruitful, and very real that we want to enter into. 
It's even like sometimes we get definitions of words that are so overplayed in our mind. We think of prayer. It's just like instant association. But if we actually just take our minds out and watch the Bible like a movie sometimes, um, we kind of see like they really wanted to enter in. It's not like, well, I have trouble praying on my prayer list. Would you teach me to, to, to enliven it up so that it'll be more valuable? It's like, no, it's like, yeah, no, I want to enter into what it is that you're entering into in this, in this deal. Yeah. yeah. Your kingdom come on earth. Father who's in heaven, in other words, the inheritance of the sons is heaven. Jesus told the disciples this. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants you to usher this in. He's not playing a trick on you. Yeah. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth. As it, It's like prayer is ushering the reality of heaven into this dimension. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Heaven manifest in the world is prayer. It's like cause everything in my life that I touch to come into agreement with the atmosphere of the unseen realm, which is more real than this, and let it trump this place. Yeah. So Jesus gives them that prayer, and it's interesting. He gives them this prayer, and in verse 5 it says, And he said to them. So it's like, teach us to pray. Give us a model, because this, this itself isn't the model. I mean, this isn't the actual, this is a, it, it's, we call it the Lord's Prayer, but it is a model of prayer. It's like when you pray, you're praying from this place of connection, of acceptance to your Father, of, of, of the, that you have an actual right as the inheritance of the sons to release this that the kingdom is to come in whatever situation and whatever that looks like, you're able to come into agreement with heaven, you're able to see the things of heaven, the dream, the vision, whatever it looks like, the spiritual intuition, and implement those things. And um, so it's kind of beautiful what it really is, but he goes into a teaching that seems so random, but how many of you know when he talks, it ain't random? You know what I mean? So he says to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I don't have anything to set before him. And he might answer like, hey, I'm already in bed. The kids are already in bed. Just leave me alone. Don't bother me. I say that he, even though he may not rise just out of your friendship, but because of your persistence, he'll rise and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And him, to him who knocks it will be opened. And that's controversial right there. Here's the charismatic divide. This is where this stuff starts to come in. But you know, you're hearing this stuff and you know, in, in that culture, whether you expected them to come or not, it was right for you to provide a meal for your friends if they came through your town on a journey and show them hospitality. And so here's Jesus talking about prayer. And if I'm sitting here like, would you teach us to pray? Like, yes, this is the model. This is the way this looks. And then he says, you know what, Daniel? He's like, listen, say somebody comes to your house, but you don't have any food for them. So you need to get something to set before them. So you actually go to your friend's house and you knock with persistence. I guarantee you that it will come. It's like that with prayer. When you're persistent, the things you ask, that which you seek and that which you knock for, it will be answered to you. You will, you will find what you're seeking and, and, and what you're knocking about will actually open up for you. 
And see, here I'm thinking like as a very simple person, and I'm not you know, ashamed to say that, but it's like, so I'm asking you about prayer, and you're not necessarily even talking about my needs right here. You're talking about me setting something else up for somebody else. So maybe there's a lesson within inside the lesson from the master sensei, from, the, from the, the guru, the king of all eternity that says, hey, listen, prayer and the kingdom coming to earth is often you taking heaven and delivering it, the daily bread, unto somebody else. I was running this week on, um, on some of the trails that go in, in and out through Tyler, some of the tr- paved trails. If you haven't been on those, we have so many. There, we have probably, I don't know what y'all say, some of you guys run those or walk those, like a dozen miles, 15, 20 miles probably, all together of all these little, and they're very pleasant and nice. And so I was running, um, I was trying to do a pretty good amount of mileage one day. And it was, I was, the way I achieve it, it's about 10 miles, is like you have to like kind of overlap and run around. And there's all kind of loops that you can make and run up different streets to get the mileage you want and the hills you want and all these things. But I ran by these two guys. Um, they, you know, they, they, they kind of look like they were a couple, to be honest. And so I, I run by these guys, but I kind of give the... Uh, I give the thumb or the peace sign or the head nod pretty much by everybody I cross by. Just try to be nice. You know what I mean? That's the American way, right? So I'm just like, hey, hey, hey. You know what I mean? So you're running by. And you know, it's, it's the middle of the day and it's blazing hot. So there's not all that many people out these days. And so here I am one morning. It was Wednesday, actually. And I run across these guys. And they didn't come to my house and ask me to set a meal before them. You know, prayer. But at the same time, when I run across these two dudes, I mean, in the natural saying, I would just look at them and say, yep, you know, these guys are, they're a certain way, possibly together. It's cool, show love, and I'm just, I'm just kind of running. I'm not thinking, I'm not judging, I'm not trying for anything. But I run by these guys and I have this thought, I'm going to set a job into one of your laps that is going to be so fruitful and it's going to help you to really come alive. It's going to be a breakthrough for you that you're really looking for. And so I have this thought, which I'm not hiring, right? So it's not my thought. And I thought, and I run by them. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. So, okay, maybe the imagination just jumped out at me. You know, who knows? I keep running, you know, and you know, I'm, I run to Grande, sometimes up Grande, sometimes back. If you know this area, I'm just kind of all over the place because in my mind, I have a certain number I'm going to hit for the week. And so I'm just kind of going and going and going. Double back, run into the two guys again. One of the guys looks just like Jared from Subway. You guys remember that commercial? Yeah, you guys know that? He looked just like, oh, that dude looks like Jared from Subway. So that's the other thing I thought. But like the slim down one after he ate the sub a day, you know what I mean? He looked like the slim down Jared. So I'm like, wow, you know, this dude looks like Jared. So that's the other thought I'm having. So I run by them, and I was, there they go again. And I was like, oh, yeah, one of them's about to get a job. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, kind of like, you know, not, not today. You know, uh, I'm doing something here. You know what I mean? I run by. There's another little loop that I cut sometimes to get some extra mileage. It hits you up the Donnybrook and back. I run that loop to hit up the Donnybrook. Guess who coming by me? Jared from Subway and his, and his, and his buddy. <laughs> I'm running by these guys again. I'm like, Wave it again, and then it's awkward. Once you've waved at somebody once, you don't wave at them twice. That's the way I, that's the way I do the, the run-bys. That's just me. Okay, that's a, okay. I'll wave at you once. I won't wave at you twice. You know what? I used to train here in town a long time ago, and I trained some undercover agents, and sometimes I'll see some of those guys out there running. So I hit them with the fist. You know what I mean? 
undercover agents. I think that's so cool, but we're, under, we're the real undercover agents in this world. So anyhow, so yeah, I'm undercover as, as a, just a, a, somebody getting a jog, but in reality, the way God sees it, like, hey, these guys have come to your house and they want some bread. And I'm like, no, surely not. Maybe this is my imagination. Why so I run by again, and this is three times around, y'all. So I'm like, oh, man, I, I'm not doing that. Run by again, four times. Come by, you know, come up the Creekside Trail, come about a loop, like, oh, okay. So the last time that was going over a bridge, I was like, all right, see them guys again. You, got, you know what you got to do. Talk to them. Awkward. Here's another thing, okay? I'm not, I'm not wearing a shirt, okay? <laughs> That's uncomfortable for me as it is. But it's in the 90s, man. It's 90-something degrees outside. It's the middle of the day. Everyone's in school and, you know, doing working and stuff. And this is my time that I'm doing my thing, so it's, it's very important. Um, yeah, it, it makes you really hot. Your shirt gets sweaty and heavy. That's my defense for that. So that's how I, I'm, I'm looking. And so I don't want to stop and talk to somebody necessarily, but it happens. And so last time I come around, I come around, did another loop, and boom, there they are again. This time I'm running up from behind them. So I just run up. I, I have this sense from the Lord is, hey, if it's not, you know, it's one of those things. It's the Bible can call it a word of knowledge, but it's also, you know, it's prophetic in nature because it's forward but um, sometimes when you have a knowing or a feeling or a sense like this and you feel like the Lord wants to encourage somebody it's one of those things you're going to be wrong or you're going to be right you know could be like look at you like you're crazy and um, especially if they're normal or religious at all whatsoever you know what I'm saying it's just so I come up this time I'm from behind them and so I kind of slow to my walk because they're kind of just power walking together and I said, guys, I'm real, hey, guys, I'm sorry to, to, to bother you, you know what I mean? I'm not all that, you know, great of speaking. Imagine that, right, for what I do for a living. But I'm just like, hey, hey, guys, hey, I'm so, I'm sorry to bother you guys. I know it's kind of strange, but, and they're like, they just kind of looked at me like, yeah? I was like, I just have the strongest sense when I've run by you guys a couple times um, that... I feel like one of you is really going to step into a job. It's going to fall right into your lap. It's going to be, um, it's almost going to seem too good to be true, but it's not. And to which one of them steps back and he says, actually, that's, he right now is really looking for a, a job. Either another, I don't know if he said another job or for a job. He's like, he's really looking for another job right now. And I was like, really? I was like, okay, well, good. I was like, well, I've run by you guys several times and I keep feeling this so strong. Um, so I was just like, I just wanted to stop and tell you, I feel like something's, something's, it's going to what it's just going to come and be presented to you. And it really is from God and it's coming for you. And they're like, thank you. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Sorry. That was awkward. I'm, you know, and just <laughs> then the shirtless guy just runs off, you know what I mean? <laughs> so sweating away, you know, just like, oh, okay. You know, but, um, but in reality, it was enough, and I won't say like his phone rang while I was talking to him, and it was it was you know whoever, you know, I I do not know, but I knew I had this sense from the Lord that He wants to do something in this man's life, and that He wants him to know that it's from Him. I want him to know that I love him and that I've brought this into his life. I didn't get sappy sentimental, but I did tell him I feel like God is going to bring this into your life, and it's going to seem too good to be true, but it really is from Him. And that was the simplicity of that message 
from somebody who's actually in a position that's actually looking for a job change, for a new job. And, um, you know, I, I went away feeling like, well, you know, that was cool. And, and you feel like, the, like that felt fruitful. That felt positive. And, you know, these guys, even just looking at them, it's just like, most likely not used to, I'll say, for instance, quite possibly used to feeling judged in our area, you know, or even growing up. And probably not used to a stranger who doesn't want anything from them, who cares enough about them randomly without knowing them to stop and shoot off some encouragement he feels is coming for them and then to roll out. You know what I mean? And touching God, people with love, I didn't come, what are your lives looking like, young men? You know, they're probably my age, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's just like God wants to speak love and kindness and us to plant the seeds in everyone that comes before us. And here's Jesus, hey, teach us how to pray. And he says, well, here's your model, but prayer is often not the result of you seeking things necessarily for yourself, but it's honestly like somebody crossing your path and you having the bread of heaven to set before them on their journey. Amen. You know what I mean? Was he talking about nighttime visitors? No, absolutely not. I mean, it works, right? But here's prayer being communicated to us in a way that's like, hey, sometimes prayer is actually our Father who art in heaven, your kingdom come, your will, your will be done. It's not like these are the things that I want necessarily. It's what is your will? How can I come in agreement with your will? Let the bread of heaven be given unto me to serve it into my circumstance and into the, into the situations I find myself in. No matter how inconvenient that it may seem and may cost me taking a risk of looking like an idiot. You know what I mean? Because I felt like, like awkward. Hmm. But heaven touched those guys. Whether it was the fruit of nature that somebody cares about them let alone God actually wanting to open a door for the guy, which I fully believe that he will, because I've seen that happen several times. And there's people in this room that know this for a fact, because you've received recipient, the recipient uh, effect of that reality. So, and I have as well from other people that have given me encouragements like that before. So, so I say to you in verse nine, ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open for everyone who asks, receives, seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be open. It's like there's this, there's this communication of the Lord, of God himself, the embodiment of Yahweh, saying, hey, in your connection, if there's persistence in the connection, you will have exactly what you need, and it will be opened. Yeah. Sometimes people, we don't receive something in, instantly, and so it's just like, oh, you know, that, this just doesn't work. That's not the way it is. And you can't teach people like that because it's just going to give them false hope because then when they're disappointed and he doesn't give them something that they want, then you just set them up for failure and you should have just taught them that God doesn't speak, even though the Bible says he does. But sometimes when we're seeking more, when we're seeking in a, in a persistent way and connecting to him, there's understanding that he's wanting us to have. And many times I believe that the dialogue is just the beginning of of. of 
getting into the root of the understanding that actually unlocks the doors we're wanting to walk through. Does that make sense? It's like maybe somebody's praying for something that they want, that they feel is God's will, especially scripturally, like a spouse or something like that. Um, you know, I want relationships, or I, I, I want a spouse, or, you know, whatever it could be. But when you enter into this relational connection of God, He's not really talking about this beautiful woman that I'm supposed to be running into or guy or whatever it is. It seems like he's actually steering me on the path and feeding me and speaking to me things about maybe self-discipline or follow-through or something like that. And he says, that's cool and all, but I want this. You know what I mean? And so sometimes we ask, seek, knock. We don't get the results we want instantaneously because we're fast food eaters. of you know That's kind of the way we roll. But in reality, God's actually... He's speaking into the things that are setting us up for the desires of our heart that he's actually placed there. But what's more important to him is, the, is being conformed to the image of his son, being conformed into the image of Jesus, actually growing in the character and the understanding. Those things unlock a person to be able to hold on to the promises which God wants to give us. There's, there's a scripture, it's, I believe it's in um, Exodus 23, verse 29 and 30, when, when the Israelites were, were getting the green light to go across the Jordan, they were going across and they were, they have the promised land, which was massive. But he says something in Exodus 23, 29, 30. is like, he says like, behold, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open this up for you, but I'm going to give it to you little by little so that you're able to hold on to it. I'm not going to give it all to the, the entire thing at once, lest the beasts of the field overtake you and the enemies and all this stuff. Like, I want you to, I'm giving you this promise. These are, this is from me, but there's aspects of growing into the promises of God that you connect with me and you grow in maturity until, until you're able to actually hold on to what you have. Amen. You know what I mean? So it doesn't just come get taken from you. You know, it doesn't get overrun you. Lord, we need a new building. Well, I'm going to give you one that's 16,000 square feet with 20 air conditioned units. Like, okay, cool. Like, well, wait a second. We don't have that many people. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, there's a progression to walking in faith that builds our character. Yeah. And there's so much of being a disciple, that word is discipline, that when, when, when there's persistence in our walk with the Lord, He is the good shepherd. And He's not playing a trick. And so a lot of times we get this, you know, if you, if you, if you teach that God you know, answers prayer or talks to you, man, that's, that's, that's dangerous because people just get disappointed and they, want, they just want stuff for themselves. And it's like, hey, listen, but that's kind of what the whole Bible's about. That's what the prophecies were about. As if it, like, these words will not, they will not depart from you from this time and forevermore. You think about Peter standing up in Acts 2. What did he quote? These people aren't drunk like you think. You know, Joel promised, prophesied this in Joel 2. He said, it shall come to pass afterward. After what? After this covenant. There's another one coming. That I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Well, just the believers, right? I, I'm reading Joel. I'm not reading your stuff. I'm reading Joel. I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Sorry. You know? And your son... I have a, I have a master's degree in theology. Did you guys know that? <laughs> Just so you know, because sometimes people get a little bit nervous, like, whoa, now easy now. It's like, not easy, nothing easy. No. <laughs> Simple. I will pour my spirit upon your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Girls? Yeah, man. Everybody's equal. Yeah. Sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will see dreams. You mean like the prophets? 
yeah, you won't need those anymore. They'll, they'll stick and still be there, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, there's people called, you know, there's a five-fold ministry. We've made a real big deal about that. Goodness. But yeah, there's, there's some valid stuff there, but at the same time, every, every Christian, you know, Jesus talked about John the Baptist, my favorite character, Dreadlock John. You know what I'm saying? We talk about John the Baptist, and we want to say he was the greatest prophet ever born, Jesus says. But what did he say right after that? But the least in the kingdom is greater than him. It's like, did you just insult John or did you just really exalt John? Didn't insult him. He's the greatest prophet ever born on, on this side of the book. On this, on this side of the covenant, I should say. But he was prophesying, hey, there's somebody who's coming after me. I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. He's going to baptize you with the Spirit and with fire. You know what I'm saying? The Spirit of God's going to come upon all of you guys. He prophesied. He was he was happy to foresee and talk about the reality like, yes, God's Spirit's coming on you. The sons and daughters will prophesy. The old men will dream dreams. The young men will see visions. Without drugs, they will actually see visions. Men servants, maid servants. You know what I'm saying? You read Joel 2 and you see Peter stepping up and saying, he's actually talking about connection has come upon you. Redemption, for sure. But connection relationship has come upon you. It's a doctrine of demons to say things like God doesn't speak anymore. It's a very dangerous thing to say. It's actually, it's absolutely terrible. Right? The reality is, if God speaks to you and it contradicts the Bible, then that's not God. Very, very, very true there. Jesus said, a stranger's voice, they will not father a father. They will not follow. But my voice, my sheep know my voice. So there are other voices for, for certain, you know. But connection is, is what we've stepped into. The Lord is my shepherd. You know what I'm saying? It's like every word that proceeds out of his mouth, I'm following, I'm growing in, I'm walking in, and I'm growing and maturing. We ask, we seek, we knock. It doesn't always come the way that we're accustomed to it. But just like Martha, we cannot control God. Right? Disciples have con communion and connection to him. That, excuse me. And there's follow through and there's discipline in this walk of developing this connection. God is spirit. Right? John 4. Jesus said this. Those who worship him do so in spirit and in truth. Um, it's like, hey, our degree has to be in spirit. We have to understand that he is not limited to our human intellect. But he wants to expand our intellect by a spirit. It's a brilliant, wonderful, beautiful thing. We can't control them like Martha, 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 like Martha, Martha. I wonder if people in heaven call her Martha, Martha sometimes. No? Okay. <laughs> Immature. I know. I need to get over those type of jokes, but I enjoy them. I've seen sometimes people can be so fixated on what they want to hear from God that they disregard anything else that, that, that he speaks that doesn't come into agreement with what they're wanting to actually hear. And then you have, well, God just doesn't really talk to me like that. Well, I just don't hear God like that. And it's just like, you know, on this side of the tracks, in this covenant, they do. There is no spirit-filled Christianity. There is no, there is, there is no Christianity that is not spirit. That's what this covenant is. You know what I mean? And there's, but there's this divide. Have you ever heard the saying, don't be too open to the spiritual things? Because that's like leaving your door open. 
and you're going to have some snakes come in your house and some other things. Honestly, right? Be careful with that stuff. Be careful with that stuff. You're going to let in some things. You're going to let in some stuff. It's like, okay, so just lock the doors and go get a couple cats from the SPCA that kill snakes or whatever. You control that thing as hard and fast as you want and you won't have to worry about God speaking, but you definitely, at least you won't hear them snakes getting in them scorpions. You know what I mean? But it's funny because Jesus' very next statement right here with that, ask, seek, and knock, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, it'll be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, this is the, this is the same little paragraph right there. You can look at this in Luke eleven eleven. If a son asks for bread, or if he asks for a fish, or, or if he asks for bread, will, will he give him a stone? If a son, any father among you, asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then being fallen, evil, fallen of nature, the nature of Adam, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? That's very interesting. It's just like, ask, seek, knock. Well, you know, don't leave the door open. It's like, hey, listen, Jesus is answering that problem before it's even there. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you guys, even in your fallen state, and it sounds like something ridiculous that he's saying, if he asked for bread, would he give him a rock? If he asked for a fish, would he give him a snake? Would you go to order fish and they throw a snake on your plate? Hey, I'd like some eggs this morning. I'll throw some scorpions on your plate. That sounds just so ridiculous and backwards. But you see what Jesus is coming against. He's coming against that bipolar image of what God is. It's like he was demonized constantly for manifesting power supernaturally. So they're like, it's got to be a demon, it's Beelzebub, it's something, he's evil, he's breaking the Sabbath. It's just like, hey man, the goodness that, that, that flows out of God, if you demonize that. There's a scripture, it's called the unbreakable sin, the unforgivable sin. He who blasphemes the Holy Spirit, right? Again, another one of those scriptures that's not really what it's made out to be. But he's basically saying, even in that scripture, it's like, it's like, hey, if you blaspheme, if you speak against this Holy Spirit, which is given to you, the true spirit of who God is, if you demonize that, there's no forgiveness left for you. Like, if you reject that, there's not another way. You know, saying universal, you know, there's, there's just not. Like, that's, he's, his path is open to you, but, you know, if you reject that, it's, it's donezo. You know, it's like, there isn't another way in. But here he's saying this thing, like, hey, if, if, you, if you connect with him, and, and you know, it's interesting, because we talk about, or I was just talking about, like, prayer and connection, and sometimes when we connect to the Lord, even if we're asking and seeking and knocking things, sometimes he's coming in to things that we feel are, like, oblique, you know what I mean, or coming from different angles, and we're like, well, this is random, but he's actually training us and raising us and maturing us in what we actually need to be able to hold on what he wants to give us, what he wants to walk us in. And it's not even necessarily for our sake. It is because we're the beloved of God, but also he wants us to walk in the authority and power of heaven so that we can dish it out to our brothers and sisters and bring more into this reality. You know what I mean? He wants that for us. Well, I don't know if he does. And it's just like, what do you mean? You think he's going to give you a snake for a, for a, 
you know what I'm saying? For instead of a fish, like he wants to give you the, and he's he's literally going against those things, but he's talking about people have fear. Here's a good example of that. Someone's like, hey, would you teach us how to pray? And he actually goes right in to the he's saying this to his disciples. Not to the Pharisees right here. He's saying this to the disciples. He's going directly in and 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 popping, hitting, touching on, poking on. There's fears in your hearts that 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 cause you to hold back in your connection, your commitment, your follow through, your devotion. Your, your, you know, there's things that, you, that, that are fears and the root of those fears is you don't realize how good he is, how kind he is, that he's your dad, that the kingdom is your inheritance. And if you would lose the grid of fear, you will step into the supernatural mystical relationship which is basic Christianity, you know what I mean? And you will flood the world with heaven, you know what I mean? And it's just like, whoa, I wasn't trying to get a deliverance session here. I wasn't talk, trying to talk about my dad issues. You get know what I'm saying? It's like, but he's coming at it. He's coming straight at it. And he always did. And he was stealth about it. He always did. He's coming at their fear. I got invited, right, to in, into a situation that I'm not usually all that comfortable in. Okay? Um, there was a bunch of business people in this room and I was, I was invited, really the pastor that I was with was invited to, try, to, to go into this situation. Into this company um, where the guy that owned the company wanted us, I say us, really the pastor, and I was tagging along with him, I was much younger, to come into the, to the business and speak to his whole board, his, like, his leadership team. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I was not accustomed to that, but you know, I just kind of followed, I was just following, I was with the pastor or whatever. And I remember it's like, um, there was one guy that looked kind of hard in the building, but the, but the owner of the, the business really wanted us to just share with, share with the company. Like, hey, like whatever the Lord shows you guys for them, just do it. Because he knew we did this stuff. So here's another situation, man, which is like a friend who's coming on a journey. Let's, let's set some bread, right? And um, I remember the sales manager of the company was there and he's sitting with his arms crossed and he was the hardest one there. And um, I felt like the Lord gave me something. And, you know, it's potential you might never see these people again. So, so it's, you know, it's a little less risky. I run around here all the time, so I'll see those guys again. You know, I don't want to mess up. But these guys, I didn't know if I would. Um, so the manager of the company, the sales manager of his sales team was there. And I gave him a simple word. Um, they were like, would you guys share, give these guys, you know, the, the owner gave us free reign to do this. So I just looked at the guy and I told him, I was like, I feel like the Lord is doing something in you as a father and, he, and he's going to restore the relationship you have to, to your father. But I feel like he's going to show you that he's your father and you're going to step into that. And I talked to this man after this, like, you know, I ended up developing a relationship with a guy and he told me, he's like, when you said that, he's like, I was sitting there just like, what are we doing here? What is this? He's like, but when you said that, I knew like, this is real. This is real. You know, and I was just risking it. I was just saying what I felt like the Lord showed me. Turns out the rest of the team knew he had just reconnected to his father within months of that. You know, it was, it had really happened. And he was a, a, a new dad at the time. And two years later, his dad passed away. But he had two years to connect to him. And he passed away when they were cutting a tree. 
they were cutting down a tree and, and chainsawing a tree. His dad had a heart attack while he was with them. And he called me. He called me. He's putting my dad in the ambulance. This is what's happening. He called me. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, he's a business guy. And, 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 and he's a business guy in a big company now, a different company now. But, but I remember in that, in that room that day just being sitting there. And I guess the reason I was thinking about this, this is, this is going to be out there, so get ready for this one. But I, was, we're talking about Jesus hitting this thing on the head. It was like people don't step into the supernatural reality of basic Christianity, prayer, and connection to God because of the fears they have of him. And fear, um, it shuts people down more than anything else in the world on every endeavor and thing. But it's, it's, it's the enemy's seeds that he's sown for thousands of years to doubt who God is and to be afraid of him. So there was another guy, and he was the regional sales manager. And he was there. And he's like, you know, by this time, they, were, they all warmed up because they knew the sales manager. They're like, whoa. So that was the straw that broke the room open. You know what I mean? <laughs> And so they started opening up and we started sharing stuff for, for them. Then the regional sales guys, and he's in Dallas, the Dallas area, he, he, says, he says something to me like, I used to have, um, he's like, I used to have, I, think, I, I wish I would have written this one down, but I think I did. Let me just look at it real quick. But he's talking about lucid dreams, which I know is kind of strange. He's like, I, I used to have spiritual connection with the Lord, with God. And he was a believer. Um, it was funny, he's Catholic, because him and his wife ended up getting married. And they got married by Father Ke Kelly in a private ceremony. But then they had me do their actual wedding after this. So that was pretty neat, you know. Um, I did the, the real ceremony, or the bigger. But anyhow, he says, he says, you know, I used to have dreams and visions. As a kid, I used to have lucid dreams that I could interact with. And I had a you know, connection to the Lord. But I don't anymore. And it's just like those dudes on... It's just like that dude that looked like Jared from Subway. On the, you know, I, just, I felt a knowing about the guy. And I just said, did something scare you when you, were, when you were young and you stopped having those dreams? And he looks at me, he's like, yes. So then the room's kind of like... What's, you know, this is tent. You know, this is a business, that, business people, you know, secular place. I said, so something scare you when you were young and it caused this stuff to shut down? And he goes, yes. And then I said, was it a werewolf? I know that's, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but this is real. I said, was it a werewolf? And he goes, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, have some, I know it's funny, but I have some similar... And, and so I said, I understand this, you know. And, you know, even, you know, Jesus called the false prophets that go and actually they seek to use people and bite and devour. It's like werewolves that they come in by stealth, you know, they claim to be of the way, but they're not. But, um, you know, it's biblical symbolism. But I told this man, I was like, that, that was the enemy sowing seeds into your life as a child. And he was trying to shut you down from the gift and the connection that you have from the Lord. And um, I was able to protect pray and connect to the guy you know and I won't say his well his name's Jamie Harrod actually he's a director of Texas Health in, 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 the, in the Dallas area he's you know he's, a, he's the 
I think he's the vice president of Texas Health and Dallas Air. So these are like real people and real talk. So since I said such a crazy story, I'll give you somewhere for it to land, you know what I mean? But okay, let's reel this back in. Jesus is actually hitting the reality that fear comes and shuts people down from connecting to God. And in that situation, me and that company, I'm just sitting there with a green light because the owner says, y'all just go in there. And the owner wasn't even in there. Y'all just go do whatever you want. And I'm the young guy. The pastor's there. I was early, mid-20s. So I was just like, man, I'm just going to just pop off and whatever the Lord shows me, I'm just going to share with them. And uh, you know what I mean? But the whole place got rocked, especially the werewolf thing. You could have heard a pin drop. That was just like, a we- what? Like, whoa, like a werewolf? Are we talking about Twilight? Or like, what's happening? You know? Uh, you know what I mean? But here's something demonic that was sowed into this man's life who's a very real person, a professional. He's not a holy roller, you know, Pentecost, you know. He doesn't have much grid for this, but he, but he had a real intuitive prophetic gifting where he connected to God and it had been shut down. And somebody else who eats manna had some, other, had some manna to toss towards him to give him understanding because understanding is what unlocks. Understanding is deliverance, guys. It's not just a prayer line and you shake and, and you're, oh, I'm free now. It's like gaining understanding of who Jesus is, who God truly is. His will for you, his love for you, the covering, the understanding of the scriptures. Like, oh, that's what that's saying. That stuff pops people open, breaks chains off people's minds and spirits more than anything that I've ever seen. Understanding does this stuff. And the world's on to this right now. But we have the answer, you know. And this is the connection and communion of connectivity. I, I, I love this story. Maybe I'll close with this. As soon as he, it's, that's verse 13. Or he says, if you being, being fallen, you know what I'm saying? How much more will your Father give the Holy Spirit, give you this supernatural encounter of God inside of you, this relational connection to God who talked to all the prophets in the Old Testament through creatures, through visitations, through visions, through being caught up, through the Apostle Paul and John, in the body, out of the body, I don't know, visions, trances of sheets being laid down. All throughout our entire Bible, there's not a single drop of why that would ever stop happening other than man's experience. Well, it hadn't happened to me. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? But luckily, I was grandfathered in. In other words, when I came into the kingdom, that's how I came in. So it's like I, had no, I, I didn't have that bad theology because I just that's why I was here. You know? But after Jesus says these things, it says, and he was casting out a demon and it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke and the multitude marveled. But some of them says, he cast out demons by bills of hoe. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so here's Jesus giving a demonstration and communicating to his disciples that God speaks if you ask, seek, and ask, ask, seek, and knock. There's connectivity, there's connection, there's the family inheritance. The voice of God is the bread of heaven, which causes you to invade earth with heaven. This is the, this is the personal relationship with Jesus Christ that we hear the football players talk about when we're kids. Like It's real, man, and there's real connection to it. And it, and it invades the world around us in every circle or sphere that we find ourselves in. He's telling them this, and don't be so afraid and, and don't demonize power and supernatural living because that's what our Bible's about. And that's what this whole thing is about. That's what the prophets told us this was going to be about. We're going to connect to them. Not like being flaky and flighty and having, you know, being so spiritually minded that we have no fruit to bear in the real world. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying bearing fruit in the real world with the fruit of heaven that touches the world. And he's telling these guys this and he's hitting the very root of the fear of who God is. And it's like, you don't have to be afraid of him. 
he's good and not even good by your definition of good of a good dad he's even better than that and Jesus knows because if you've seen him you've seen the father and he's one with the father he's of one essence with the father he's saying I wouldn't do that to you we have it in pretty good authority and his demonstration is he actually takes somebody who had a demon that was mute and then the mute spoke so this person who has an inability to communicate inability to connect because of something demonic I love it says the demon was mute in verse 14 if you look at that he looked at that man and said that's not your identity that demons mute and he took that thing out of there's so many people walking around living a lie in an identity that's actually not theirs and to actually see them as whole and speak into that is what we're called to do and Jesus does that as a demonstration yeah and he actually takes the mute demon out of the person as a demonstration like I've come here to unlock your connection your communication to which right on cue them the religious come in and said it's he did that by a demon they're so accustomed to demon to anything powerful that they demonize it you know which I would imagine this is just me he turns and he winks to the disciples see what I'm saying you thought that was a joke if you ask for a bread, I'll give you a rock. If you ask for a fish, I'll give you a snake. They really think that. Yeah. I just pulled a demon out of that guy, and they said a demon did something powerful. Man, it, it must be a demon. It's something powerful. It's like, man, that's how backwards the poison of the fall has caused mankind's mind to interpret the person of God. Yeah. Revival often is a, is a lazy excuse that we're looking for to be delivered in the world. Nah, came a, oh yeah, mm. But, you know, let's just have an outpouring. Let's get, you know what I'm saying? In reality, what revival looks like is people coming to the understanding of who Jesus truly is, who God is. He's not bipolar. You know, James, Jesus' half-brother, says there is no variance or shadow or turning. He's always the same. He was always good. Jesus said it. The rule of this world comes. He has nothing in me in John 14. He's nothing like me. Nothing that he does will cause me to strike you. I'm altogether light. Altogether love. Fully forgiven. Fully poured out the Spirit. Yeah. John the Baptist said that in John 3. He does not give the Spirit by measure. In other words, it wasn't like, well, will you get a portion, this big portion, you get a bigger, but you just get a little. You know what I mean? It's just like, well, I, well, I need more of your spirit. I need your spirit. It's just like the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago was poured, upon, poured out upon all flesh. And the measure that we have is the measure that we will accept and take upon our vessel. Yeah. Yeah. And I know. Dreadlock, I mean, John the Baptist, Joe, Peter, Jesus himself. It's like he does not give the spirit by measure. That's not something that he's holding back. It's us to see him as he is, be transformed from glory to glory into the same image of, of him, be transformed in our vessel and stop, stop emanating our own selves, but emanating creatively. Everybody has a creative different aspect, but creatively emanating who God truly is and letting that unlock the world. And that's Christianity. God's not bipolar. He talks. And the language of God, the language of heaven, this communication that we have has been given to us. And all we must do is actually seek Him. Ask, seek, knock, connect. With, 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 with practical persistence. It's a discipline. And we grow in the communication of God. 
if my daughters only heard me speak baby talk to them, they would speak baby talk to you right now. What's more annoying than that? You know what I mean? You got any couple friends that speak baby talk to each other? Don't do that around me. Quit all that. You know what I mean? Come on. You know? Golly. But no, seriously. It's like if they would never develop the, under, the ability to speak. I know my daughter's going to talk like me. That's terrible. You know, but, you know, but seriously, though. And it's the same with the voice of the Lord. He's leading us. Kingdom come on earth as it is. I've always said this, and it seems so simple, but one of the surefire ways that we bring heaven into the earth, in something from the eternal realm into this domain, is to write things down. Whether it's the scriptures the Lord's highlighting to you, because that's how He speaks to me through the Bible. You know, the majority, He like highlighting scriptures, passages coming that are so parallel to things I'm walking in and growing in. Or sometimes I'm running by somebody and I hear something that's a very good chance it could be the Lord or not. You know what I mean? And so let's take a shot and shoot this in the fruit of the Spirit and see what happens. But don't have a lot of misses. I got some, but not a lot. You know? That's what faith's about. He's developing our ear. He who has eyes to see and ears to hear. He's developing us. He's growing. This is maturity. The maturity of the sons and daughters of God, which all the earth and creation is growing for, groaning for are those who are walking in relational connection to Him. And they're the most dangerous people in the world, to the world system. So Lord, we thank You that You, you, are, you are altogether good and that You've poured Your very Spirit upon us all without measure. And that You've called us to step into the brilliant reality of what New Testament Christianity is, which is people who are stepping into relationship with You, who are walking in the forgiveness that You've, that you've made available to us, and we're owning it in such a way that we don't hold things against others. But all we do is give life like You. The Father gives life and light and raises the dead, and so the Son does the same thing. And we've seen this. I thank you for your voice, dreams, visions, trances, illumination of scripture, the still small voice, visitations, every single aspect of the Bible which you spoke to people that has never gone away. I ask that we would, we would know you, that we would learn to be still in Martha, in Martha mode from our works trying to earn something and actually know you and manifest you. Amen.